The majority of people with opioid addiction in the United States started by using prescribed painkillers. As a result, one of the targets of lawsuits related to the opioid epidemic has been pharmaceutical companies that marketed products that ultimately led to addiction and death. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Rebecca Haffergy, an Assistant Professor of Health Management and Policy at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. Dr. Hafiji has co-authored a perspective article about strategies for holding drug manufacturers and distributors liable for the opioid epidemic. Dr. Hafiji, you write in your article that lawsuits against opioid manufacturers and distributors were filed starting in the early 2000s, but that they've become more frequent recently. Are the majority of them brought by government or by private citizens? Well, the trend has changed. So in the early years, the suits were typically individual personal injury claims brought on behalf of individual patients who had addiction and who had overdosed. Then class actions were filed, which aggregate multiple plaintiffs or individuals together who are similarly situated. And most recently, governments have been filing the suits. Um, That did start in the 2000s, but it's really been picking up speed. And in recent years, you know, hundreds of counties, cities, states, and now even Native American tribes have filed suit. You talk in your article about several types of allegations made on behalf of these plaintiffs that opioids were defectively designed or that manufacturers failed to adequately warn about addiction risks or deliberately withheld information about the dangers of some of the drugs. Have any of those claims proved more effective than others? Uh, Most of those claims were brought in the context of the individual personal injury suits that were the start of these types of suits in the early 2000s. Those claims were not as effective in those contexts for a number of reasons, one being that prescription opioids were FDA-approved. And so to say that there was failure to warn when FDA is checking the packaging and the labeling um, and to say that it's defectively designed when it's an approved product, those were difficult claims to make and to win. Also, in terms of causality and showing that it was actually the manufacturers who had caused the harm, there was a problem there because there were a lot of intervening causes. So the prescriber uh, was considered a, you know, what we call in legal terms, a learned intermediary or somebody who was supposed to be actually providing some of the information about the risks to the patient. Uh, And then they were also potentially prescribing not as indicated And then the patients also were sometimes misusing the drugs or using them not as prescribed. So there were a lot of intervening causes that also contributed to potentially the harm and make it more difficult to lay the blame exclusively or predominantly at drug manufacturers' feet. So we also have suits by government. What's the primary motivation of the federal government in bringing these lawsuits? Is it to recoup some of the costs of paying for the drugs and treating addiction, or is it to push the industry to change its practices? What's the motive? It's really both. So the government is essentially saying that the uh, they are claiming that they have been injured by these drugs, and they're seeking some form of restitution to repair their social systems and their costs that have been spent on the epidemic. So they are both seeking money to actually put towards some of the harms and the public health harms uh, that have been generated by the epidemic, and they also are potentially seeking to change industry practices. Looking specifically at the Trump administration, has it indicated whether litigation against pharmaceutical companies is going to be one of its strategies for addressing the opioid crisis? How do you think the litigation trends are going to change under this administration? Well, President Trump 
did indicate when he made his national address declaring the opioid epidemic a public health emergency that there would be forthcoming potential litigation against opioid companies. He wasn't very specific in the nature of that litigation. You know, the federal government has already brought suits and has settled for some, um, the largest one being for $600 million against Purdue Pharma. Uh, and then also a number of its top executives for $34 million. So that's the biggest settlement so far, but that was years ago. And so it seems that there has been an indication that the Trump administration may pursue further litigation, but they have not actually filed suit yet, to my knowledge, and the most recent suits have been filed at the state and more local levels. What actually contributed to the success of that suit against Purdue? context, um, the main allegation that was brought was that Purdue Pharma had violated the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act by misbranding its product OxyContin with the intent to defraud or mislead. There was some admission of fault to misleading physicians and patients about the product's addictiveness and misbranding it as abuse-resistant under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. So that's one of the few settlements where there actually was some kind of admission of fault. Uh, But I think it was successful because there was a clear mandate under federal law not to misbrand, and there was sufficient evidence in that case that Purdue Pharma had branded its product as less addictive than it was and more effective for certain indications than it was. Do you think we're going to see another settlement that large? Uh, I think... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about are we, you know, going to see the next big tobacco settlement, you know, which was, what, $246 billion, I believe, over 25 years, $100 billion of which went to state governments. Um, I think that would be one of the best outcomes of all of this litigation would be some form of a mass settlement on the order of hundreds of billions, because that kind of money is what has not yet been forthcoming from the federal government and is the kind of money that could really do a lot to pay for medication-assisted treatment therapies, um, you know, housing, employment, naloxone distribution, all of these elements that are going to be necessary and in great magnitude um, to address this crisis. And right now, you know, one of the big challenges is the lack of resources to really provide all of these services and these drugs at scale and as they're needed. So I think from an optimistic standpoint, that could be a great outcome for state governments and for communities. Uh, I don't know if it will be a mass settlement of that magnitude, I do think that there will be increasing settlements in terms of frequency and magnitude for the individual cases that have been brought um, because they're being brought with such great frequency now. Um, The evidence base is increasing in terms of marketing practices, internal documentation within um, drug companies and distributors. And I think many of the litigation strategies are becoming more convincing and more effective. So I do think that the drug companies are harnessing great resources because, you know, if they lose one case or settle and admit to fault in one case, then that could have great reaching repercussions because then they may have to settle, you know, in other cases with similar claims brought by another state, for example. So they are trying, I think, very hard to not admit fault and not lose these cases. But I think the magnitude and the level of the evidence is starting to weigh against their favor. Thank you, Dr. Hafiji.